Hello and welcome to the weekly Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana McGackis from Bundaberg Regional Council. Today we have another interesting program filled with news and information from around the Bundaberg region. Soon we'll hear how local events can move forward with COVID-19 restrictions lifting, learn more about the history of the Cochrane Artificial Reef, reflect upon the Ideas and Conversations webinar, and learn about the Children's Visual Art Group. But first, Here's Trish Mears with the news headlines. Making news this week, a fire gutted the Spotted Dog Tavern and Federal Backpacker Hostel in Bundaberg on Monday night. Thankfully, all 62 backpackers were evacuated safely. More than 60 workers at the Endeavour Foundation's facilities in Bundaberg returned to work this week. And the Chief Entrepreneur, Leanne Kemp, came to Bundaberg on Wednesday as part of her grassroots tour to talk to Indigenous tourism operators and business leaders. Back to you, Dana. Thanks, Trish. First up today, here's Mayor Jack Dempsey to talk about the Federal Hotel and Spotted Dog Fire. Jack Dempsey, Mayor of the Bundaberg region. I'd like to thank the emergency services, the volunteers, council staff who worked as a well-oiled machine overnight at the Spotted Dog and Federal Backpackers Fire. All 62 backpackers were evacuated safely and taken to the Bundaberg Civic Centre, then moved to accommodation houses. Another big thank you to all the staff in these facilities for the work that they did through those early hours. All the backpackers were quickly offered beds around Bundaberg and we offer a big thank you to the accommodation houses who have taken in the backpackers and are looking after them. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade are now working on official paperwork for the backpackers, most of whom have lost everything. Queensland Fire and Emergency Services and Council are continuing to work on the structural assessment of the building and will continue with that over the coming days. We would ask that people keep away from the area as much as possible so that the authorities can get on and do their job safely. The owners, workers and backpackers are in everybody's thoughts today and in the coming weeks as they come to terms with what has happened. Their health and mental well-being are our main priority as we continue with all the other government agencies uh, that are already in place and have stepped up to do a great job for the Bundaberg community. I know that a lot of people in the community want to help and the best ways by supporting local charities who will be helping the backpackers with whatever their needs. Please be patient with your driving around the town areas. We hope that we can get this matter sorted in the coming days while we look after our most valuable asset, the people and visitors to this beautiful region. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Now, I'll hand over to Sue Ann Chapman, Council's Manager of Tourism and Events, who is here to chat to us about how the local events can go ahead with the lifting of the COVID-19 restrictions. Thanks, Dana. Today I want to talk about the easing of restrictions in Queensland, specifically what this looks like for our community and our event organisers who want to hold events. Before I deep dive into this space, let's take one step back to what Stage 3 restrictions mean. Queensland's Roadmap to Easing Restrictions the roadmap, outlines which businesses can operate at which stage and what patron limits apply on premises. All businesses will need to undertake some planning to ensure they keep their business, their staff and their customers safe. At all stages of the roadmap, all businesses should have their work, health and safety plan in place, up to date and include strategies to manage COVID-19. 
With reference to the roadmap, the events industry was able to develop a framework holding events presented by Queensland Tourism Industry Council, Griffith University and Mass Gathering Collaboration, the industry framework for COVID safe events in Queensland reflects the public health restrictions applicable in Queensland as set out under the roadmap to easing COVID-19 restrictions. This industry framework for events is subject to change in accordance with public health requirements. Workplace health and safety risk management processes must be revisited to identify and manage any new or changed hazards that may have arisen as a result of the implementation of the industry framework for events. This framework serves as a guide for event organisers for events in Queensland It sets out public health principles and provides strategies to assist event organisers deliver events in the context of COVID-19. Event organisers remain responsible for adhering to all applicable Queensland public health directions and for obtaining relevant approvals pertaining to their events. The framework for events is publicly available on the Queensland Government COVID-19 website, which is www covid19.qld.gov.au. Munderberg Regional Council has compiled this information in one easy location and you are welcome to visit www.whatsonbunderberg.com.au forward slash event resources. You can also email us at events.admin at bundaberg.qld.gov.au or phone on 1300 883-699. We would love to hear from you and help you navigate the framework and help simplify the process. And as always, please keep your distance and wash your hands. Thank you, Sue Ann. We're now going to hear again from Paul Donaldson and Alan and Brenda Cochrane for more history about the Cochrane Artificial Reef. What other major structures do we have on the Artificial Reef? Well, there was another side, if I may, uh, intrude this subject upon it Um, and the other subject was we agreed with uh, Dr Eddie Jabreen, a marine biologist in Brisbane, that we would uh, fill the southern half of the reef with various modules manufactured out of uh, excess concrete, uh, steel from Oztoft, welded them into triangles and he was thrilled to bits with them so we placed them on the southern half of the reef and uh, they produced Red Emperor, they produced almost everything in there. But we kept it secret where things were placed so that uh, people couldn't go out there and spear them. We didn't want spearing. Um, because the fish just sit there. But that, the, the, the other major things that we um, put down that were the two light ships mm-hmm. that we got from the Australian Maritime um, something or other. Navigational, yeah. Um, so they were, they were ships. One used to be on the end of Fraser Island. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where the other one came from. So we had break those. Breaksea spit. Yeah, breaksea spits. So we had those at Port Bundaberg for a few months and that was a mammoth job because everything had to be pulled out. There were hundreds of um, D-size gas bottles. Um, the the um, tops of the, um, what do you call the things? The turrets. The turrets. Because we only we had to have seven metres over the top. At low water daytime at all times. We had to cut the tops of the turrets off, get a crane in, and then lift it onto the deck so so we didn't waste them. And then weld it we on. We welded them onto the deck. But they were they took months and months. But you know, and all the all the uh 
planking in the bottom all had to be pulled out. So all the wiring, all the timber. And then we had to place uh, ballast in them to make sure that they'd be down at, with all the weight removed, yep. that they were safe for deploying. And we, we towed those out um, and deployed them exactly where we wanted just by opening seacocks and flooding them. And taking and plates off the side. They were big boats. Yeah, taking we, Yeah, they were a few hundred tonne um, each. And they are a magic dive because you can dive down through the hatches. We widened the hatches. Uh, you could come up the turret uh, and stick your head out, which I've had my photo taken once, I think. I stuck my head out and uh, they snapped my photo there. Mm. Um, the turtles absolutely love going underneath these light ships for some reason, just to snug in and have a bit of a snooze. And I had to discourage some people from grabbing hold of the poor devils. And I said, how would you like to be grabbed hold of in your pyjamas underwater and say, giddy up, we're going for a ride. <laughs> so we finally got that habit out of them. But the, the, the light ships were absolutely magic and we got wonderful assistance, Brenda, from the Bundaberg City Council, mm. we also placed th- oh, a 1,000 tonnes of concrete pipes and Bundaberg City Council loaned their drivers and their trucks to transport them uh, down to our deployment storage site. Um, we have done uh, another landing craft. Um, we called it TB in the end. And people say, where do you get TB out of landing craft? I said, it was called the bitch because she sank three times at its moorings. While we were waiting to get While we were waiting to deploy it, we had to go down and pump it out. So uh, <laughs> TB it's called. And that was that was retrieved from mango groves on the Burnett River. Well, so we had, we had big backhoes there hauling it out. Oh, we ended up with council graders because the backhoes weren't strong enough. So the council lent us two big graders, mm-hmm. drivers, chains on. And pulled it out. We patched it up. We Goodness put, knows how it ever got in the mangroves in the first place, but it was a big army landing. I know right? the story, but we can't always tell the stories. Well, we won't then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul, Alan and Brenda. Now, here's Jolene Watson to catch us up on what happened at the second Ideas and Conversations webinar for Arts Bundaberg. Hi, I'm Jolene from the Moncrief Entertainment Centre. Arts Bundaberg hosted the second Ideas and Conversations series webinar on Monday this week. The topic was Industry Crisis in Recovery, a conversation with guest speakers Pat O'Neill and David Berthold about how the arts industry can recover through the impacts of COVID-19. Pat O'Neill was the Army Major who helped Bundaberg through its 2013 flood crisis. He has a deep understanding of the local community, its resilience and our ability to recover. While David Berthold is a well-known theatre and festival director, recently finishing his tenure as an artistic director for the Brisbane Festival. So David speaks the same language as our arts community. This recent webinar was a chance to workshop ideas about the impacts of the current crisis and to talk about positive ways to move ahead. It was a great opportunity to talk about what's going on in our local community and take advantage of the knowledge of our guest speakers. Thanks, Jolene. Let's hear briefly from Patrick now. Arts and artists are our storytellers. They're the people who help us understand ourselves, help us understand each other, And there's never a more important time than when we're going through crisis and hardship for the arts to be telling those stories so that, um, you know, we can have that shared experience, particularly with people being at home by themselves, feeling isolated. It's the arts and artists who create the narratives, 
who share the stories that collectively bring us together and give us that sense of meaning and belonging, even if we're in our own homes by ourselves. And I think that, one, it's what artists like to do, to, to connect um, and tell those stories. Two, they're really important, but it's the understanding of those stories that will, um, you know, create the sense of urgency that people need to, to do stuff. If you can tell a good story, if you can connect with people, then that's what leads to action. So I think it's looking for whatever, whatever channels, whatever mediums are available, um, applying, you know, using the talents and doing the things that people love to tell those stories, to connect people, and then that's what spurs people to, to action. Our next Free Ideas in Conversation webinar will be held on Wednesday the 26th of August and we'll be speaking to local ambassadors for the arts, Trudy Lago and Shelley Pisani. This session will help to provide the motivation you need to get more savvy when it comes to creative business. Trudy and Shelley will share examples of project and businesses that have successfully pivoted during the pandemic and they'll be also sharing practical tips on how to strengthen your business skills and thinking. Everyone welcome is to join the webinars and you can find out more information online at artsbundaberg.com.au. The series of webinars will culminate in a panel featuring leading local arts industry professionals. We're hoping that we can stream this panel discussion from Childers Art Space during the exhibition entitled Art as an Act of Optimism in late August. In the meantime, all of the Ideas and Conversation webinars are recorded and can be accessed on the Arts Bundaberg website. Thank you, Jolene. Finally today, I'll hand over to Wayne Heydrich, Council Senior Media Advisor, who is chatting with Alice McLaughlin about the Children's Visual Art Group. Alice, thank you very much for the invitation to attend uh, Inspiration Station here today. It's absolutely an absolutely gorgeous day and uh, obviously a great day for creativity for your people. Just looking around this uh, magnificent property of yours and the amount of art that you've got here, how long have you been here at Apple Tree Creek and how long have you been creating art? Oh, we've been here about 24 years, going in for 25. And I've been creating art since before I can remember. <laughs> it's just been a natural thing with me. Right. Now, Alice, I understand, I read a little bit, but I understand that you really didn't have any formal knowledge of art and so forth. You virtually took an online course, is that right? Yes, I did. Well, actually, it was before the online came in. So it was a correspondence course uh, with the Technical College in Perth. And uh, it really got me on my feet, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so obviously now you're, uh, you've evolved into uh, lots of um, uh, facets of art and so forth. So what, what do you basic, uh, basically follow? I know you've got some beautiful watercolours and your pottery and your ceramics and so forth, but um, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I love pastels. They're my, my favourite thing. Uh, not as popular, of course, with, with the public as the acrylics and oils are. Uh, I learned oil painting, so that was my first beginning. I began with with the oil painting, um, and then I um, I've taken up pastels later in life, and just love them as as a a fun thing to do. Now, obviously, uh, people come along here to each week, uh, a bit of a social gathering, also 
a bit of a, a, a learning experience for a lot of people. Yes. So what do you actually do here on a Thursday? Okay, well, people come here. One, some of these people have been coming here for quite a long while, uh, 10 years or so, and, and they're getting up there now with their work. Um, we do have a competition every year for them that the most improved a student that improves most throughout the year uh, with their in their personal space. So um, that that is an incentive for them to work hard, especially getting towards the end of the year. <laughs> um, there's, we've got painters, we've got people who just sit there and crochet and knit and do things because they just like to be involved in the arts with the others. Just getting back to your property here, Alice, um, there's a, a great emphasis on fun and yes. colour and um, just exciting things. Every time you turn a corner, you will see something different. Uh, what, what's kind of inspired you to, to do this sort of artwork? I just like fun around me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a kid, a big kid. <laughs> so, you know, when you see the, big, the little kids putting their hands in the the the, uh, the paint and, and splashing on a wall and that. Well, I'd like to do that too, but I can't get away with it. <laughs> so um, I do what I'm doing and the stuff you see around, most of it's fun, my own pleasure. On the way into your property, we notice there's a, a lady in a blue dress sitting underneath a tree, obviously doing some artwork. So how long has she been, been there and working on that uh, that piece of art? Well, I think she's been sitting there for something like five years. <laughs> I don't think she's got very far. There's not much on that board. <laughs> um, to finish it? No, she's never going to finish. She's never going to finish. No. Now, no. look, looking around your garden, you can see wonderful uh, bugs, dragonflies, uh, dragons, uh, painted tires, frogs, toads. A bit of everything here, isn't there, really, you know? So um, this has been all created over the 20, 25 years you've been been in this particular yes. location? Yes, everything's been done here on site. Uh, sometimes it's my idea, sometimes it's someone else's idea. They, they actually do do things like the masks on the wall were done by students. Um, some of the other things around have been done by them. And obviously the uh, Tree of Knowledge, uh, tree of knowledge is... Definitely. Is, can you tell us a little bit about the Tree of Knowledge? Well, they do so much talking and <laughs> and arguing out under that, but, you know, the tree must be getting very knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's really good. Thanks so much, Alice. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne and Alice. That's all for today. We hope you enjoyed the program. Join us next week for more news and stories from across the Bundaberg region. Bye for now. Bye for now.